Explosive. Love Bomb. Mockingbird. Aliso Viejo. Dateline. Hi, everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. We still haven't decided on that intro. I get feedback every day. Most of it positive, but a few people really don't like it. I don't know what to do. Just skip 10 seconds ahead. Yeah, maybe just skip it. Yeah. I might do a poll and see the actual numbers, but I'm guessing it's 95 positive. There we go. This episode... Oh, we have no- announcements. We have Aww. announcements. Beep, 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 beep. I'm excited about the episode. Sorry. What's our announcement? Announcement one. We are a reminder. We're going to CrimeCon, and it's in Nashville at the end of May, and it's going to be so much fun. We're going to be hanging out. I don't know what else is going to happen, but I do want to say a huge thank you to Maria, who made it happen for me, because I was in a feud with my arch nemesis, American Airlines. Yeah. She made it all go away. Yay, thank she you. She magic. But please come, and don't be afraid to come alone. We have a lot of listeners that came alone last year, and they met up, and they made new best friends. So so the opposite of don't watch alone. Be sure alone. to come alone. <laughs> come on alone. Yeah. Happy Valentine's Day to those who observe and those who don't. Well, we're not going to be killed by our significant others either. So nope, you're good. If 51, six dozen to the other. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so just two announcements. We're getting right to the episode. This episode is a doozy. I would say it's an instant classic. It is called Death at the Spa, which sounds like an Agatha Christie title. Very excited about that. It sounds like if Agatha Christie did Real Housewives. Also, is it Beauty Lab, Heather Gay's Beauty Lab. Could be. It's a doozy and a twosy because yeah. this is going to be in two parts. <laughs> a doozy and a twosy. That's it. Nailed it. So, this episode is so great that it can't be contained into one episode. Make sure you stay tuned for part two where we're going to have some trial action. We're going to have some major, major, major outside information that I don't think Katie knows about that I'm going to be laying on her. I can't wait. And the biggest thing of all, we also have the one, the only, Mr. Josh Mankiewicz. Sir Mankey with the hanky will be joining us and answering some questions. So part two has got a lot going on, but you need to listen to part one so you understand part two. Oh, you'd be so lost. Yeah. So this episode aired February 9th, 2024, Season 32, episode 26, and it's a Mank, like we said. Now, we've been waiting for this episode for quite a long time. Mank told us about this episode in the fall when he was actually at an airport traveling, doing interviews for this case. I was super invested because I actually went to high school in the city that this takes place, and it features very prominently in the episode. And my parents just moved into a retirement community in this city a few months ago. So they did. this is wild for me. And I get it. When people write to me all the time and say, oh, I've driven by that Walmart. And I go, oh, that's cool. Now it's you. Um, You're now that person now. <laughs> and I kind of am a little disinterested. Like, okay, that's cool. You didn't know the people. It just happened to be in your town. I guess that's cool. But now and you see. Now it's me and I get how exciting it is. This is good. I like this. Yeah. So Lester starts out by saying string of lovers. You know when lovers is in the first part of the, the preview, it's going to be a good episode for bingo cards. So get out your not- a date with Dateline bingo that cards. That is correct. On our website. So Mank starts the episode by saying, 
Aliso Viejo is a leafy green wedge of the suburban sprawl that makes up Southern California's mythic Orange County. I had no idea Orange County was mythic, but I'm super excited. I'm actually here right now, by the way, in the retirement community in Aliso Viejo as we record this. This feels like inception. It feels weird. I'm excited, though. That's yeah. good. So he says, it's just down the road from where the real housewives live their best lives, which is true. Is it true? Do they live in, where do the yeah, real housewives like live? Yeah, like I've seen some of them at the grocery store back when the show first started. And we're also right next to Laguna Beach. So that's where the OC took place. Right. And Laguna Beach, the TV show. Yeah. It was the precursor to the hills. Yes. Yeah, it's a lot. So he says, not a lot happens in Aliso Viejo. I take umbrage to that. So Aliso Viejo is where I was bat mitzvahed and where I was not nominated for Homecoming Queen and where I did not get a superlative in the high school yearbook and where I left no mark whatsoever besides starting the environmental club. I think he meant crime. No, he meant just nothing happens. And he does not realize that it's also where Bob and Joni have already gotten in trouble for having Ralphie off the leash in their new retirement community. And where one of the residents complained that my car was parked out front for too long instead of in the parking garage. So there's lots of drama happening in Aliso Viejo, Mank. There is a newsletter here that just featured new residents, Bob and Joni, and their grand dog, Ralphie. The article called him grand. So there's a lot going on. Why is he a grand dog? I don't know. Like grand, like fancy. But he's not fancy. He's It makes it seem like it's their (laughs) grandson. They just meant he's statuesque. Then why did they say their incredible dog, Ralphie? I don't know. Adorable dog, Ralphie. Handsome dog, Ralphie. But you see that there is drama already because now there's drama over the word grand. There's a lot going on in Aliso Viejo. I'll show Mank the news. It's just on a small scale. Yeah. They had an Elvis impersonator up at the clubhouse. No. There's lots going on here. They have um, putt-putt golf tournaments every Sunday. Lots of What what do you mean got in trouble? They got a letter or they got a scolding? They got a scolding. From who? From somebody who I could probably see their unit right now from this window who was mad because I'm supposed to park if I'm here for like a long time. I'm supposed to park in the parking garage. So the same person that complained about your car complained about Ralphie being off the leash? No, totally could be a different person. But could also be the same person? Could be the same person. Sounds like that's a them problem, not a a Bob, Jody, Kimberly problem. But that's fine. Gladys, I got my eye on you. I I think it is a Gladys. Mm -hmm. So Mank says not a lot happens around here. And around here, they like it like that, which is probably true. They like it to be quiet, especially Gladys. Except in May of 2018, something did happen. Something big. So we're meeting this woman named Holly who heard the explosion from a mile away. And I was a little judgmental, like, why are we meeting someone who wasn't even there? But it turns out Holly is actually involved in the case. And that was so rude of me. And Holly, I deeply apologize. Mm -hmm. Holly's friend, Ildiko Kronjak, is an owner of a day spa where there was a huge explosion in 2018. And we're seeing the aftermath of the explosion, the first responders on camera, there's smoke and debris everywhere. We hear a cop saying, we've got body parts. Oof. Oh, Mank says someone had literally been blown to bits. Oh my gosh. 
then then he says the sulfurous smell of fireworks and a plume of white smoke, which I thought was poetic for such a tragic scene. Foreshadow. Also foreshadow. We meet a woman named Valerie Stone, which is a great name. Yes, it is. She sounds like a soap opera star. And she thinks of her boyfriend, Stephen Beale, immediately when she hears about the explosion, because he is co-business owner of this spa. And he's partners with Ildico, but he thankfully wasn't at the spa that day. So he and everyone else are trying to reach Ildico on the phone, and their calls are not going through. And police, their body parts, they don't know who survived. How many employees were at the spa that day? I think just Ildico and a couple customers. Okay. So Sarah, we meet Sarah. We're meeting a lot of people. We're going to need a chart, people. Dateline, give us a chart. Sarah is a customer at the spa who just got her lashes done there that morning. Her lashes right now on Dateline look great. And I felt like this must be a good spa because I very much trust Sarah's sense of style. She looks like she could be a housewife. And I felt like this must be a really good spa if this was Sarah's spa. This episode is filled with beautiful women Mm -hmm. where it's like they're beautiful to the level of are you on tv right because they all kind of look like they should be on tv yeah maybe they're a morning news anchor or something there's i would just say to that orange county and i will also say to that i do not fit in here never have never did that's why i left but is this the level that you're yes at the grocery store at the drugstore i get it a little bit there's a mall in nashville that's a very expensive, very fancy malls where all the designer stores are. When I went, I just felt so underdressed because everyone looks like they're in a pageant. Yeah. Hair done, full makeup, full glam, Nashville glam happening. Heels to the mall. Oh, yeah. That kind of thing. This feels like that. I'm wearing oversized Gryffindor sweatpants that do not fit. So they fall down, (laughs) like literally fall down to my waist and my legs and my ankles when I'm walking. Kimberly, that's why Gladys is calling because you're doing loads back and forth to your car. A shirt that says on Fridays we watch Dateline. How clean is your car right now? It's not clean at all. Yeah, so Gladys is not going to be okay with it being parked outside. And your Gryffindor sweatpants, like you're holding them up as you're walking out to the car (laughs) that's parked wrong and then stuff's falling out of your car. Yes. That's not going to track for Gladys. Mm-hmm. I have that weird dent on the side because oh, I scraped the yeah, curb no. so many times. No, I should get everything fixed before I come. We don't fit here. But Bob and Joni are getting a bad name. Yeah, I know. It's not their fault. It's all because of me. My hair is never washed. It's horrible. And Ralphie's off a leash. It's a mess. <laughs> this is a mess. This is a mess. He's dirty all the time because he rolls in the mulch. Oh, yeah, boy. Bad. Okay. So... Police announced that there are two injuries and one fatality. The two injuries were clients that were at the spa, and the one fatality is Ildico, the owner of the spa. She's 48 years old. The people that survived remember seeing her open a box, and then they saw a bright light and then darkness. And that's when the building collapsed on top of them. It is so eerie to hear what it would look like to see a bomb explode that we never have that where like people actually are that close and see it oh my gosh it's crazy it's horrific investigators at first think this was a copycat of a bombing in texas and we do see lester holt on the nightly news talking about it and he's wearing a tie and i was hoping for a vest because i still miss lester the vester and this was back in 2018 so i really thought there would be a vest 
I don't talk about it as much anymore because I'm trying not to think about it, but it's buried deep. No visible vest. Nah. So FBI candy is on the trail because it is a bombing. So they take the case. They set up a tip line. Not just FBI. FBI Special Joint Terrorism Task Force. Man, that's They had a really big title and a really fantastic entrance that I'll talk about in B-roll. Fabulous. They're amazing. And sorry, their names are Agent Ashley Miracle and Nick Vincencia. Her last name is Miracle? Miracle, but I like it Miracle. (laughs) Miracle. It's really cute. Agent Miracle. Working Miracle. Agent Miracle sounds great. It really does. That could be the name of a Disney TV movie. Yeah, it could. And it's like a kid FBI agent? Yes, a kid. That's exactly what I was thinking. And she has a dog and a cat? Yes. Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking. So they set up a tip line, and Ildico's business partner calls in to the tip line, and he explains that he co-owns the spa, but he is also her ex, and he is currently dating Valerie. So He explains that when he calls in? Yeah. He likes to explain things. The FBI goes to his house to talk to him, and they see that he has just received some packages. And since he is the co-owner of this spa, they wonder, could he have been the target? So they pull him outside. They bring in the bomb squad to check the packages. Mm. But thankfully, no bomb, just remodeling stuff for the house. So they think Ildico was the victim. And Mank says, murder by bombing, which is also a good title. Oh, Stephen says, Ildico was amazing. No one would want to hurt her. She was always smiling. Now, if you're a keen observer of a Date with Dateline podcast, you might have noticed something that I just said. But Mank points it out later, so I'll wait. What do you mean? I'm an observer of this podcast. I'm in it. What? He says what? He says she was always smiling. No one would ever want to hurt her. She was amazing. So he is talking about her in the past tense. Even though they have, oh, yes. at this point, not announced that she has died. But can he assume that because they're coming over to search his home? At this point, they haven't made a public announcement that she's died. So but I like that. He doesn't it is very interesting. Okay. All right. Yeah. Also, usually people still talk about in the present tense for a little bit. That is true. Until they get used to the concept that they are gone. It's a past tense, right? Yeah. So... We're seeing footage of Ildico. She's beautiful. She's holding a bunny in one of the videos. She was a well-respected esthetician. And Mank says, now like a hairdresser who becomes a data bank of their client's secrets, so does an esthetician. This is weird to me. I know this is true. But I am a vault when I go get my hair done every five years. I am so bad at chit-chat. I'm like, can I put in my earbuds? I don't know what to talk about. The weather, if they ask me what I do, I have to explain podcaster, and that just leads to a lot of questions, and I have to explain what Dateline is, and I need a fake profession. You absolutely to discuss. do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some, if anyone has suggestions for fake professions, please drop them in the you comments. You can say any profession. Why don't you say those well, something a little bit complicated so they don't ask questions? I used to be an office manager. There you go. But then would they say what kind of company? Entertainment. But then they want to ask questions. Oh, you work in entertainment. Entertainment law. Oh, but then do I have to know about entertainment law? Are they, how specific are they going to get? How nosy are the people that they're... My know? hair is really long and thick, so it takes a long time to Kimberly, do it. say you do DoorDash. I'm DoorDash. Oh, I drive DoorDash. No one's going to ask good. you questions. They know exactly what that is. That's it. I'm an Uber Eats driver. 
That's not bad. That'll work. And I do order from Uber Eats all the time, so I do know how it works. There you go. Okay, that's not bad. Thank you. I still am going to take suggestions below, though. I'll try again later. So Holly is one of her clients, and Holly and Ildico would chit-chat and gossip while she's getting her eyebrows done or whatever. They bonded because they each have a son. So Ildico has a son. We never hear about this again. Where is the child? Yeah. And then, like, really, never here. Right. And then Holly and Ildico also talk about men. Yeah. Ildico has a husband of 22 years, but also has at least five or six boyfriends on the side. Now, Mank says very clearly, Holly does not approve of the affairs, but she did understand them. She explains that Ildico wanted to be loved, and she loved attention from men, which is the nicest way to say what is happening here. Well, no, the nicest way is to say that her husband and her had an arrangement. If that's true, yes. I can only assume that that's true. It does appear to be true. It does, but we are not Later. getting an interview with Renilo. Is that his name? Uh-huh. We are not. Renilo Vestile yeah. is her husband, mm-hmm. and she has nothing but nice things to say about him. She says he's a very good man, and they've been married for a very long time, but they grew apart. They had met when she just had moved from Hungary. She is from Hungary. Mm-hmm. They have a son who is now in college. So now it's, okay, where is the adult child? Never hear from him. He didn't want to be on Dateline. So we also we don't do hear s- from Renilo. We don't hear from Renilo either. We do see a family photo of the three of them on the beach in matching black tops and jeans, which is classic Orange County. I have done that with my family. There you go. Spa client Sarah with the good lashes. Sarah with the good lashes. She knew all about the affairs because Ildico apparently is telling all of her clients how many guys she's boning. And they just keep going to see her, which again makes me think she is so good at lashes. Because I personally, no, actually, I take it back. I Part of me thought I would just walk, I would not want to keep seeing this person if they kept telling me about their affairs. But actually, I love gossip that I'm not involved in. So I would totally keep going to this person. Yeah, I think you would. Sarah thought that Ildico's husband must know about the arrangement, but she doesn't know specifics. However, the morning of the explosion, when Sarah had gone in to have her lashes done, Ildico said she had met a man she wanted to be with exclusively. Now, we don't know what that means. Does that mean exclusive for her, which means also having a husband, but then he's the only side piece? Or does that mean exclusive, like she wanted to divorce her husband and be with this person? We also never find out which man this is. There are several options of people it could be. We need a chart, people. Yeah, we need a chart. So husband, Renilo, comes down to the scene of the explosion to try to find his wife to find out what's happening. And the FBI starts looking into him right away. They also determine that it was a flash powder bomb. And they find the jacket of a CVS brand battery split open with the cells of the battery lodged into the ceiling. Hmm. Brands unhappy being on Dateline. Get ready. Yeah, always CVS though. 
CVS is the Walmart of this episode. Yeah. So this is a very hard to build bomb, especially it's hard to build a bomb and not blow yourself up by accident. I guess that happens a lot. So they are looking for someone with a very particular set of skills. Liam Neeson. It's Liam Neeson. Was there an episode that someone thought they looked like Liam Neeson? No, it was a different actor. It was like Jason Statham or something. And they said it on. And they said it on Dateline. They said it on Dateline. They were looking. No, it was Vin Diesel. It was Vin. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So that night, a SWAT team goes to Ildico and Nilo. Renilo goes by Nilo. Their house freaks out Nilo and poor Ildico's cousin Ava. Who's also from Hungary, and she's just very classy with a scarf on. And she is like, this SWAT team comes into the house. Oh, yeah. And we are mourning Ildiko, and the SWAT team comes. There's news choppers outside, and this woman, this news lady on the chopper, is so into the gossip because she's like, ooh, they're carrying out boxes. Ooh. Don't say ooh. Don't say ooh. Ooh. You have to act like you're not as. It's not as it's supposed I to guess, be cut and dry. It looks like yeah. the officers are carrying out some boxes. It looks like okay, we've got some large boxes. We have some medium sized boxes. I mean, you right, just have to right. be boring and plain. Yes, ooh, and she's is like, not appropriate. Ooh. Orange County. Yeah, maybe she saw some FBI candy and she was getting into it, but she was saying it very salaciously. Not in the world, that's what we do here on the podcast, right? Not we're not newscasters, exactly. So Ildiko's cousin Ava doesn't believe for a second that it could be Ildiko's husband Nilo. And Mank has to explain to sweet cousin Ava that this is Dateline, ma'am, and it is always the husband. So get used to it. Also, this is America, and people are horrible here. Also, we're not having interviews with Nilo, which makes everyone suspect him. Exactly. And also, we've been told that Ildiko's having multiple, multiple affairs, and we don't know if it's known. So yeah. there's that. So Nilo has nothing bad to say about his wife, and they don't find anything suspicious in the home. However, he gives them some leads. He says there's this handyman, Max, who had a key to the spa, and sometimes he made Ildiko uncomfortable because he was sleeping in his car in the parking lot. I probably follow him on YouTube because I follow many car dwellers on YouTube. No, I think he's just like napping in his car. I don't think he's living in his car. Does he have an apartment? Because you cannot build a bomb in a car. There's not enough space. Is he napping there and just watching? Is his car filled with stuff? Is it a hoarded car? I think he stays overnight sometimes. So maybe he lives really far away. Yeah. And he has a bunch of jobs in that area. Yeah. So he just works it out. So he stays there those nights. He lives in Long Beach. He lives in Torrance. And he's commuting. Sure. Yep. There we go. So... There's a much better suspect than Max, in my opinion. This one is, get ready, it's juicy. I hate that. Don't, I don't know why I said yeah. it. Yeah. Both husband Nilo and ex and co-business owner Steven tell the FBI, there's this woman you need to look at. She has been sending Ildiko angry messages. She is furious because Ildiko is sleeping with her husband. Uh-oh. Wow. This woman is Elizabeth Pap. Her husband is Gabor Pap. There's a pun in there somewhere, but I'm, <laughs> I am i can't get there. Mm -hmm. Also him? Really? He's getting all the ladies. No, Ildiko had a type. She did. A lot of these it was men that we're about to see look similar a little bit, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. 
So it is also funny to me that her cousin's name is Ava and this man's name is Gabor. Yes. So Ildiko and Gabor were cheating together for a few years before the explosion. This That whole sentence sounds like an Eastern European soap opera. Ildiko and Gabor. It does. Mm-hmm. At some point, Elizabeth goes to the spa to confront Ildiko because she had found them having sex. Now, were they having sex at the spa and Elizabeth found them? It's very unclear the way Mink phrases it. We will be asking him about this. Or did she find them having sex somewhere else and then went to the spa at a different time to confront Ildiko? I think at home, right? I don't know. Okay, okay. I want to know. I think it was at their home. So this confrontation is at the spa. Yes. And apparently this fight gets physical. Like, rare. Stop. Cat fight. Nope. No. In the end, Gabor went back to his wife, Elizabeth. However, two years later, Ildiko poked Gabor on Facebook. That's no. what makes this. Ildiko, this is not right. Stay away from this man, please. Elizabeth says Ildiko was driving by their home. Now, we don't know if this is true or not, but was Ildiko stalking Gabor? Unsure. Does she have to drive by? Maybe it's just the, yeah, the way that she has to get there. There's no other road. That's right. Elizabeth sends Ildiko photos of herself and Gabor being intimate, very much akin to the episode Collision where both women were like sending each other photos having sex with this man that they were fighting over. I forgot about that. That is true. Okay. And one of them said, your butt is like a toilet seat. Oh, boy. Yeah. So Mank says, these are photos we won't show on television. But also, I've got him now. You had him first. He's your husband. Why do you need to send the pic? Yeah. What gets into your brain? I would love to know from these women that send these sexy pictures. What gets into your brain that you feel like you have to prove it with this Mm -hmm. he's your you're already married to him you have the ring you're the legal wife you're the beneficiary of the will you're everything why are we doing this it's very odd all right so the fbi go to talk to elizabeth and gabor pap and elizabeth tells them everything they see these texts that elizabeth was sending to her husband saying ildico Almost destroyed my family. Enough is enough. And also the punctuation and spelling is atrocious. Destroyed is spelled with an I. It's destroying my soul. Destroyed? It's D-I-S? Destroyed, yes. Also, Mm. Ildiko is destroying your family, but Gabor is not innocent in this. So I hope she is giving her husband the business as well. Mm. She seems to be more mad at Ildiko. We've seen this. It happens. I hope so, too. But it does happen. Yeah. A month before the explosion, Elizabeth texted Nilo, who is Ildiko's husband, and said, please ask your wife to stop contacting to me or my husband. And Mank is very kind and doesn't read the word to, but we're seeing it on the screen. I don't think Elizabeth is English is her first language. That is my question, because if so, I sincerely apologize. Yeah. I'm sure this is how I used to sound when I tried to speak Spanish, but not anymore with Babel. No, you sound like, you sound perfect. Continue. <laughs> you sound great. I make mistakes all the time in English. And you sound really good in Spanish. 
I'm trying to be a better Kimber, and I get really jazzed at the beginning of the year, and then by the second day in January, I haven't seen results, so I'm done. (laughs) But with Babbel, you can see the results. I have literally seen results. Now, I haven't gone to Mexico yet to test out my Spanish, but that I do want to do that. I have tested it in other ways. I have put on a Spanish TV station to see if I can understand what they're talking about, and I can understand what they're talking about. No. Yes. It's amazing. I have watched Manuel and Ashley fighting a 90-day fiancé in Spanish, and then they went to get intimate in a coffee shop bathroom, and I am still haunted by that scene forever, but I understood what was happening with the fighting. Everyone understood the bathroom thing. That was the international language of love. The bathroom scene was excessive. I'm mad at 90 Day. It was really inappropriate. It was, an- it was too much. And they didn't need to keep saying the name of the cafe because... That cafe they really is did not it. And they happy. said it multiple times. No bueno. No. Babbel is the science-backed language learning app that works. It is designed by real language experts for real conversations and real-life situations, like ordering at a restaurant and then going to the bathroom to do something inappropriate in that restaurant. Stop talking about it. <laughs> it was the Fuego Cafe. Cafe Fuego. Fuego means fire, right? Uh-huh. Oh boy. It's very conversation-based, Babbel. It's not like in school where you learn the word irrigation for some reason and then try to have to work it into a sentence. Yeah. You practice by speaking into the app. So you're working on your accent at the same time and you're practicing having a real conversation. So when you go out into the real world, you're not in a total panic. Like you've only been learning on paper and then you go out into the real world. It's actually like you're practicing. And did I mention it's only 10 minute lessons? Amazing. And you can start speaking a new language in three weeks. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college and way less expensive. Babbel has sold over 16 million subscriptions and their 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. And it's not just Spanish. They have like French, Italian, German, Portuguese, Polish, Danish. Yeah. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 50% off a one-time payment for a lifetime Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash date dateline. Again, that's 50% off at babbel.com slash date dateline. It's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date dateline. Rules and restrictions apply. Get babbling in another language with Babbel. Thank you so much, Babbel. Thank you, Babbel. We love you. Thank you so, so much. Katie, what I've learned from this episode is that salons are dangerous. Is there a way to get beautiful salon hair at home? Yeah, everyone needs to be starting their own personalized hair care regime from pros immediately. Now more than ever before, we know why. Yes. Most of you have probably heard us singing the praises of pros and their truly custom made to order hair care because switching to a custom routine from pros was one of the best things I think I've ever done for my hair. And I've done a lot of bad things to my hair. (laughs) The results I'm seeing with pros just keep getting better and better because of my shampoo, conditioner, hair oil combo. Oh, also, I use a pre shampoo treatment once a week. My hair is now smoother and stronger than ever before. I love the unique formulation that's made just for me, but also because it makes my hair smell like a million dollars. The scents that they choose at Pros, by the way, you're able to choose your scent over the top great. 
Pros knows that there is more to you than just your hair type. Pros has given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz, which is how I got started. They walk you through a bunch of factors, your zip code, your eating habits, your damage level of your hair, whether or not you exercise, your hair goals, and all of this helps personalize the formula that Pros creates just for you. They analyze over 85 factors, and then they handpick clean, sustainably sourced ingredients to get you closer to your hair goals with every single wash, condition, pre-shampoo treatment, and hair oil. Also, every dry shampoo. Isn't their dry shampoo fantastic? It's my favorite. It's literally the first one I go to. It's so good. I have like 20 random models. It's the only one I use. And I bet it smells amazing, doesn't it? Yep. There we go. My favorite feature by far, though, is Pros' review and refine tool, which lets me tweak my formulas for any reason in case I change up my address, change up my hair color, or even decide to change up my diet. And as a carbon-neutral certified B Corp, Pros is an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty. All of their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty-free. They're also the first custom beauty brand to go carbon neutral. So we here at A Date with Dateline love pros. If you're not 100% positive that pros is the best hair care you've had, they will take the products back, no questions asked, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be the best hair care you've ever had. Custom made-to-order hair care from Pros has your name all over it. So take your free in-depth hair consultation today and get 50% off your first subscription order plus 15% off and free shipping every subscription order after that. Amazing. Go to pros.com slash date with dateline. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash date with dateline for your free in-depth hair consultation and 50% off your first subscription order. Strike a pros. Pros, 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 pros. Thank you, pros. Thank you so much, pros. So Elizabeth goes to Nilo, Ildiko's husband, and says, get your wife to leave us alone. And Nilo says, just block her. And Liz says, really? You are so blind and accept what your wife doing? Be a man. She's questioning his manhood to get him to get his wife in check. Get your husband in check too, girl. Yeah. This leads me to believe that Gabor did not get in trouble. Right. Yeah. But also what Ildiko is doing is really inappropriate. You should be leaving this married couple alone. So yeah. I get why Elizabeth is mad. Because it was alone. It was alone. So why and did then the she came texting start? Right. Was he that good that she had to come back two years later? Gabor. I would like an interview with Gabor. What's going on with Gabor? Yeah, correct. So Gabor, is it going on? The FBI Gabor can't does. find any evidence that the paps knew how to make a bomb. Why are you laughing? Because that was such a dumb joke. I said Gaborgeous. He's Gaborgeous. <laughs> I can't, I could, I You're can't so get anywhere Gaborgeous. with his name. All right. So FBI can't find any evidence. Gabor adult. Gabor adult. <laughs> <laughs> Gabor adult. <laughs> okay, sorry. Press on. FBI, what are they doing? FBI can't find any evidence that Elizabeth and Gabor just would know how to make a bomb. So Elizabeth did seem on the verge of detonating, though, Ooh. which is what Mank says. Mank, that's a good one. So 
Sarah, who was one of Ildiko's clients, says Ildiko wasn't worried that anyone was going to hurt her. She had no fears, but Sarah was a little nervous because she had seen Ildiko with this tall, bigger man with gray hair, and Ildiko kind of shooed him off. Sarah got a bad feeling. She tells FBI about this man, and they have her look at a bunch of photos, but she can't identify him. They do end up finding this man, though, because he shows up at the spa to have lunch with Ildiko, not knowing about the explosion. And his name is Scott Mullally. They had just met a few weeks before at a casino. Red flag round Casino? What casino? I have no idea. Pachanga? Have you been to Pachanga? No. Okay. But I do know where there's a casino. Is it Pachanga? There's a place called Hawaiian Gardens. Off the 605. Oh, yes. So that's the only place I can think of. Interesting. Okay. But I don't know where casinos are. What's Ildiko doing at the casino? I'm not picking up men. Okay. Go ahead. They had just met a few weeks ago. Scott had just dropped Ildiko off at LAX for this trip to Hungary and then picked her up from LAX. What is Nilo doing? Nilo is not right. dropping his wife off at the airport. They have an arrangement. I'm sorry. I totally forgot about Nilo because I'm just thinking Scott is trying to get laid because I don't ask people I have known for 20 years to take me to LAX because it's horrible. So the fact that this guy is dropping her off and picking her up, he's trying to get laid. Yeah. Where is her husband? Where is her husband? She knows better than to drop someone off at LAX because it's it's your whole day. Your day is done. Mm -hmm. It's so stressful. So Scott picked her up from LAX, they spent the night together, and then he dropped her off at the salon that day of the explosion because she had just gotten back from this trip from Hungary. Okay, you've traveled internationally. I know. He's picking you up at LAX and you go and spend the night. with That sounds, you just want to go to bed for five days, right? I know, but do you owe him because he picked you up from LAX? That's a pretty big favor. I can't imagine how exhausted. Maybe you'd just be delirious at that point. Or maybe you're really good at sleeping on planes. Yeah. I'm jealous. Also, I'm reminded of something that I didn't write down, which is that Nilo had told investigators he wasn't even sure if she had come back from Hungary yet. See, I think they're living separate lives. They're living. What's that song? Are you thinking Phil Collins' song? Are you thinking, someday love will find you? That's separate ways. That's journey. No, I'm thinking of the first You're thinking one. of Phil Collins, yeah. Separate lives. Mm-hmm. Like that. Yeah. So they also find out on this trip back from Hungary, Ildiko had stopped in San Francisco before she came to LAX, and she wasn't alone on security footage. She's with a man. How many men does Ildiko have? Oh, this was not an exaggeration when they're saying at the beginning that there's a, a, multi- a multiple. String of lovers. This San Fran man is Laszlo Zabo. Again, the names are killing me. He has me. to be an artist. <laughs> or an architect. There was a Laszlo on a Golden Girls episode, and I think he was a sculptor. Yeah. Homes by Laszlo. Lamslo, <laughs> Laz- Laszlo Zabo is a firm, and they do <laughs> homes, ar- like architectural masterpieces. Perhaps. I'm now, all I can think about is naked sculptures. of It could also be naked sculptures. Yeah. Thank you, Golden Girls. Mm -hmm. So he had gone on the trip to Hungary with Ildiko. She had flown back with him to San Francisco 
They parted ways at the San Francisco airport. Then she flew to LAX to meet the new guy, Scott. Now, I want to be very clear that I am not S-shaming her at all. She can do whatever she wants. But I do think that this is what Dateline detectives would classify as a high-risk lifestyle. Because normally we think of high-risk lifestyles as like being a sex worker or being in gambling debt or doing meth. But it can also be having a huge complicated web of romantic relationships. I think we should also be careful on Laszlo because turns out Zabo is a Hungarian last name. Could be that they were friends from like an online Hungarian community or something like that. And they say that they were lovers, but are we sure about that? I don't know. When They could have just been traveling partners going to, back to their home country, you know. Who is the man that she told Sarah, I just met a man that I want to be committed to? Is that Scott? Because Scott's the one she just met at the casino. I think it might be casino. Okay. Oh, but I don't know. So FBI are still searching ex-Steven's house. His girlfriend, Valerie, takes him to the police station to talk to some FBI candy. This is weird. Yeah, it is. It's like she says that they're just, he's talking about it all night. I can't picture this All night, he's talking about Ildico. I need to talk to the FBI. So she's like, great, I'll take you. So, I mean, he is the co-owner of the spa and her ex. So. But why don't you wait for the FBI to come to you? Right. No, he doesn't do that. So Stephen is a widower with four adult children. Where are they? He and Ildiko, where are the adult children? Oh, we actually meet one of them later. Oh, we meet one. Yeah. He and Ildiko met in 2016, though only two years before the bombing on the dating app. Stephen said they were exclusive. She's married, Stephen. Someone get Stephen a dictionary. And he knew she was married. Oh, he totally knew. He's, so he He's, is the exclusive other man. Exclusive side piece. Okay. So he says they were just fell madly in love. They would text each other at 3 a.m. saying, I miss you. This pillow's not the same as you. He's telling me, we're watching him, This we're getting the video of this interview, so we're watching him tell the FBI agents this. They don't want to know any of this, No, and he's so casual with the investigators, like, leaning back in his chair his, like Zach Morris in Mr. Tuttle's class. With his arms up behind his head. Yeah. There's a lot of this that feels really performative, which makes sense later, but I noted it now. Yeah. Okay. So they built the spa business together, which is a great idea for a couple in a brand new relationship. Yeah, definitely sign leases and do all that for sure. For sure. Yeah. Stephen started to think that she was hiding something. She had given him all of her login information to all of her accounts, but then suddenly she just changed her logins and he thought that was fishy. Mm -hmm. And he knew she was married, but he, again, had thought he was the only, the exclusive side piece. The one and only side piece. Then he realized that world traveler, then he realized that world traveler Ildico was also a frequent flyer in the world of romance. Thank you, Mike. Good job. He tells the investigators, look, if she had told me she wanted to date other people, that would have been fine. But it was the deceit that was the problem. He calls it deceit, which is a harsh word. Also a phony word. Mm-hmm. He said, I would wake up humming the Carol King song, no. One of Us is Changing, and or we just stop trying. 
Carol King would very much like to be removed from this narrative. How many times has he said that? Exactly. He practiced saying that. He also practiced deceit. You just Mm -hmm. say she's lying. You don't say deceit. And then you don't give the lyrics to a Carol King song. You, this is so rehearsed. Yeah. So he tells the FBI, your whole deal is motive and opportunity. He's telling the FBI their job. I, your whole deal is a motive and opportunity. And I don't know anyone who has the motive. But the means, I don't know what chemicals are in my garage, but I guess I could fall into that category. Steven, shut Steven, up. Steven. What are you doing? I was shocked at this point. What are you doing? They had found large quantities of explosive chemicals in his garage. What a coincidence. But he has a reason. He used to make his own fireworks and was a longtime rocket hobbyist. Guilty, I am banging my gavel. That's just weird. It's him. He says he was obsessed with building rockets and even built a 25-foot tall rocket. But it had been years He got tired of it, like I will soon burn out on diamond painting and I will have boxes of beads and supplies cluttering my apartment and will find random beads in my couch and under my toes when I walk barefoot, just like Steven has random leftover explosive chemicals lying around his garage. No big deal. So he says, I'm sure there was oxidizer in the bomb. And yeah, I probably have some of that lying around. Why are you telling me what goes in a bomb? Red flag. (laughs) Oxidizer. You're using the word oxidizer? Why don't keep oxidizer out your dang mouth? Why are you doing this? It was bad enough to just be like, I don't know what kind of explosives. They might find explosive stuff in my garage. But then you use a specific element of an explosive like oxidizer. Or you say something like, I don't know. I have antifreeze. I don't know what goes into a bomb. I have antifreeze in my car. What goes in a bomb? I have no idea. Right. Did that sound convincing? That sounds good. That sounds like, yeah. I mean, I have a lot of motor oil and antifreeze. Right. That would yeah, be like, great. Yeah, like, I don't know what goes in a bomb, but you can check. I have stuff from my car. I don't know. But don't say yeah. oxidizer. No, don't say or oxidizer. Or say, I don't know if the same stuff that goes into a bomb would go into making a firecracker. I don't think it's the same. Also, did they ask you about what chemicals you had, or are you bringing that He's up? He's clearly trying to get ahead of this, right? Exactly. But instead, he's putting him, but he's thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. And instead, he's putting himself really just dead center suspect. Mm-hmm. He says, I saw the bomb on the news, and I don't think I know how to build something like that. I'm not that good. Okay. <laughs> I could totally build a bomb, but not that good of a bomb. I built a 20-foot rocket, but... Yeah, the kind of bombs I make are way worse than the bomb that was on TV. I'm a hobbyist bomb maker. Stop. Steven. Steven. Stop. To come back to Laguna Beach and the hills. Steven. Stop talking. Stop talking. Be quiet. So he won't stop. Cállate la boca. He says, I'm writing a screenplay. Got shocker. No. He's writing a screenplay about a soccer mom who was a part-time assassin. No one cares. (laughs) Ask the FBI how much they care about this. Oh, can I read it? That sounds really good. Is that what you thought was going to happen? And one of them has a cousin that's in the movie business. Does no one listen to him? Does he just have no one to talk to? So he wants, this is what it's beginning to feel like, that he wants to be like, this is my life story. And you like me so much and I'm writing a screenplay. And Yeah, we're buds. No. Go talk to Valerie about this. She will totally listen to you. She thinks you're amazing. 
So he tells jokes to the investigators. Nope. And get ready for this nope. one. He performed a magic trick on the investigator. Nope. He pulled a coin from behind the investigator's ear. No. Did he say, here's your murder suspect right here behind your <laughs> ear. It's me. I'm the killer. It's me. Oh. For my next trick, I'll show you how I made Ildico's whole body disappear. That's too dark, Stephen. Don't say that. He didn't do that. He might have. He, He's not he doing have. well. Yeah. Then we find out that he is an aspiring actor, which is a shock to no one. At this point, no. The amount of screenwriter slash actor slash magicians that I know is a lot. There's always a catch with a guy. Like for poor Valerie, you meet a nice guy who loves rocket building and you think he's perfect, but there's always a catch. He's an aspiring actor slash magician. Katie, what's the catch with Mint Mobile? So after years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to Mint, it all made sense because there isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. That's it. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet, sweet savings directly to you. Oliver, my grumpy about technology husband, had been looking to switch wireless providers for quite a while, and he had seen the hype about Mint Mobile and decided to make the change. So he is here with me today to answer some questions. Oliver, have you noticed any change in your service since switching to Mint? I'm talking sudden dropped calls or a lack of coverage or maybe slow data. Not at all. I never had this much 5G coverage with my old wireless company. And dealing with them, it was always a struggle. I'm so happy to be free of their tyranny. Mint Mobile has been great. Okay, well, let's talk dollars then. How much have you actually been saving after switching to Mint Mobile? I saved a bundle. It was quick and easy, and I saved enough to buy that 12-pack of macaroons for Valentine's Day. I love it. Thank you, Oliver. So forget about those days of dreading that time of month when the phone bill comes due because Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. And all plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. You can choose from three, six, or 12-month plans and just say goodbye to that monthly phone bill. That phone bill dread is real, folks. You can also use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan. Keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. I know that can be a big fear. Don't worry about that. I'm telling you, Oliver switched in basically 20 minutes with no problems at all. So switch to Mint Mobile and get your first three months of premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash date dateline. That's mintmobile.com slash date dateline. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash date dateline. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. And from both Oliver and myself, remember, now's the time. End the tyranny and switch to Mint Mobile. Thank you so much, Mint. Thank you, Oliver. And thank you for my macaroons. Macaroons not included when purchasing Mint Mobile phone plants. Thank you, Mint Mobile. Minty fresh and a good deal. The best deal.
So I know many actor magicians, and uh, none of them have been able. I know. I know. Hopefully, none of them were able to pull an alibi out of their top hat. And I don't think Stephen was too. That's the only thing that could have helped him at this point. Mm -mm. I was like, here's my alibi. It's a receipt for the movies. And I'm on camera the whole time. Here's my alibi. I've been out of the country. The end. Exactly. Here's my ticket. I was in China. got back 10 minutes ago. Yeah. We're seeing footage of him in a grainy independent. (laughs) It's so grainy. A grainy independent short film. And I would have watched the whole thing. Mm-mm. Not going to lie. Mm-mm. I've watched my share of horrible independent films, and I would have watched this one happily because Steven is not a good actor. Nope. And that's my favorite kind of actor. So <laughs> no, my favorite kind, horrible actor slash magician. So for his actual job, he was a former executive consultant, whatever that is. That is the vaguest job title. What were you executive of? What were you consulting on? That's not real. That's not a real thing. No. Okay. I don't know what that is. I watch Below Deck for a living, basically. is. Can I say I'm an executive consultant? No. No. I watch the show. But this might be a good job for you to say to the hair stylist who's doing your hair. I'm an executive consultant. Now, Stephen used to be an executive consultant, but he has been on disability for a long time. Whatever disability he has does not stop him from doing magic tricks, including the single first magic trick that a five-year-old would learn when he gets a magic kit from Santa pulling a quarter behind someone's ear. Am I wrong? That has to be like the number one. It's the the one that you think of. Yeah. So – He told investigators that his girlfriend, Valerie, said, when this is over, you need to do a stand-up comedy routine about this, about Ildico blowing up, because there's a lot of potentially humorous anecdotes, and the audience can relate to it if it's relayed in a humorous manner. Why are you telling them this, man? People love to be entertained. Also, Valerie... Why don't you come on over, Valerie, and let me tell you about the appropriate time to say that because it is not the day after the woman done got exploded. It is years later on a podcast after Dateline airs a story on it. That is the only respectable way to do it. Yeah, because I can't even think you're in the privacy of your own home, but it is his business partner and former girlfriend. So why would that, why would this come up? And it's okay, been less than 24 okay, hours. We're thinking about this all wrong. Also, we meet Valerie. Valerie didn't he's say He's saying. He's. So he's just saying that, that he thought he it. He thought it, but, but he doesn't. Right. Exactly. And he thinks maybe one of the investigators has a cousin that owns a comedy Something like that. Club. Yeah. So he, and he wants to be a, a screenwriter slash actor slash magician slash stand-up comic. In case that there's any connection that these FBI agents have in the entertainment industry, he's covering all of his bases. Does here. he dance? Is he yeah, is he going to sing? Is he going to sing yeah. hum a few bars of something? Please <laughs> He do. did do the Carol King song. I'm so irritated by that. For some reason, that for me was the thing. That was the one. Because it's also personal. Yeah. Everybody has things in their life that they relate to songs, right? It feels too personal and it gives me Mm -hmm. cringe and awfulness. It gives me a weird feeling in my stomach. I do not like this. Yeah. Also, Carol King is like untaintable. Yeah. Leave her, let her be. So the investigators start to lean on Stephen and he burps like Robert Durst. But unlike Robert Durst, he says, excuse me, because he's a well-trained, polite 
screenwriter slash actor slash musician slash tap dancer slash singer slash stand-up comic. They say, do you have a motive? And Steven says, what, love gone wrong? No. So he's suggesting the motive now. Gosh, he's dumb. They find something that looks like sticks of dynamite in his home, like Mm -hmm. props from a movie set, and we never find out more about that. Were they props from a short film he did? Okay. FBI arrest him for having these unregistered (laughs) destructive devices in his house. That's all they can do right now. They can't get him on murder. But a week later, federal investigators ask a judge to drop the charges because they can't prove that the substances aren't used in hobbyist rocketry. He doesn't seem to have a huge amount. We keep seeing these B-roll shots of just small jars, right? So maybe it's... There's quite a few, though. There is quite a few. I don't know. I don't know how it's working. (laughs) Hobbyist rocketry sounds like a category on Jeopardy. It does. Hobbyist rocketry for 600. (laughs) Yeah. Friend Holly, who is a friend and a client of Ildico, says, I knew it wasn't the end when he got released and they dropped his charges. Because if you watch Dateline, there's always an end. And this wasn't the end. So mark off somebody mentions Dateline on Dateline on your bingo cards. And then Mank says, she's right, which is, I love, I love that when they do that. So Mank, then we go, we're going to do a deep dive into Holly right now. So Mank says, for some people, finding love is easy. For others, not so much. Like Valerie Stone, which is kind of harsh if you go on Dateline and they're saying, but it's true. She has struggled in love. And she kept meeting a lot of guys who were obsessed with their exes. So much so that she made her dating profile state very clearly, you must mm. not be stuck on your ex. This is about to be ironic in the worst way. Like a traffic jam stop when it, you're already stop late. It, stop it. Like 10,000 spoons when all you need is a knife. Yep. This is going to be horrible. So she met Steven and she, he told her, yeah, I do have this ex, but we've both moved on. We are business partners, but it's totally fine. Not still into her. And Valerie thought, great, I have finally met a man who oh, is no. not hung up on his ex. So she was fine with it. He only spoke highly of Ildico. He never showed any anger towards her. Only a month after their first date, Stephen was arrested and was now a murder suspect. They had only been dating for a month. We had thought she was like kind of a longtime girlfriend at this point because she's supporting him through this murder thing. They had just started dating a month before. I was, apologies, blown away. I was really confused. I was so confused by the timeline. There's so much overlap with all of these people dating. But honestly, yeah, it's no time at all. No time. So... Mank is like, Valerie, why don't you come on over, Valerie, and tell us how you broke up with him, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Right? You broke up with him at this point, right? Of course. And she goes, no. And he goes, really? And she says, well, I've had so many bad relationships, and this one was going really well. So I thought, what if he's innocent? This could be like the guy for me. And she says, I know that probably sounds desperate of me. And Mank says, I wasn't going to say desperate. Maybe foolish. And she laughs. I can't believe he said it. And she totally laughs. She has a good sense of humor about herself. Yeah, which I love. 
She He says, I would also like to point out, Valerie, that there are other men out there who aren't targets of law enforcement. He's fully channeling K&K, saying, ladies, raise your standards. He's doing a great job. Yeah. He says, a lot of people might think, this is where I get off the Stephen Beale Express. Yeah. Then I wish he had said his classic, but you didn't do that, did you? He He might have. Maybe they cut it. Maybe they cut it. Maybe they cut it. And also, that's Bill Hader's impression. Also, thank you for everyone who keeps sending me Bill Hader's impression of the Dateline folks as if it's new. It is five years old, but I do appreciate it. It's a classic. Thank you. Is there a reason that Mank did not say the Stephen Beale bus? Oh, that's a good one. He did post a meme on Twitter, Mm -hmm. which was like a train. And he said, all aboard the Stephen Beale Express. So it was more like a train situation. Okay, there's something about that that we don't know. It's a reference we're missing. Maybe. I'm going to write it on my Josh questions. Okay. Anyway, back to Stephen and Valerie. The charges are dropped, again, because they can't prove that his explosives were not for hobbyist rocketry for 500. (laughs) And they think this situation is over now. We can move on with our new, brand new, one-month-old love relationship. No. However, the next day, they're running errands, and a sheriff pulls them over. And they end up searching the car for three hours on the side of the road with a bomb-sniffing dog, 13 cop cars. Like, Valerie, is the D that good? Is this worth it? I was sort of surprised about this, but then I think they probably assume that he's getting rid of evidence. Mm-hmm. This is an ep- epi- like an evidence dump or something like that because like this seemed weird to me. But a car shouldn't take that long to search. Thirteen cop cars. Yeah, but then they're waiting for a bomb squad. It's the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I wish I could have seen the doggy. We didn't get to see the doggy. Yeah, but that would have been even if before it wasn't out for you. Maybe at this point, is it out? But- to me, this would be the moment where I'm standing at the on the side of the road. Yeah. On the side of the freeway, yeah. and there's a bomb-sniffing dog, yeah. and 13 cop cars. My neighbor drives by, right. and she's like, is that Kimberly? Mm-hmm. What is she doing with her life? You start getting texts from people that are like, are you on the side of the road right now? Right. Oh, I no. would go, I don't know if this is worth it. What is Valerie's it's been a job? Month. Unsure. Okay. But she's had a lot of bad love, so Stephen must have been really nice to her in that one month. Steven seems very nice. Look, actors and things like that can be very charming. Mm-hmm. They also like if you think you have a lot in common with them, you do because they, they make sure that you do. Mm-hmm. And he pulled a bunch of coins out of her ear. Oh, I don't know. I was trying. Would to that work that on a first date? No, not for me. <laughs> it would be the opposite of what would work. If someone did that and they weren't like a grandpa, would I that... would walk away. I hate magic. No. Just saying, I hate magic. Make I you like seem- good magic. I don't like in a coin behind the ear. I'm trying to think if that was done in a really cute way. It could be cute because doesn't Neil Patrick Harris do magic? Yeah, and I'm sure he's very charming and funny. I also hate that I can't figure out how a trick is done. It's very frustrating for me. So maybe I would continue to date the person, hoping that they would spill the magician's secrets. But would it be a great okay? So I because I feel like that would turn the date bad if all of a sudden they pulled something from behind your ear and you asked them how it was done and they were like, "I'll never tell" or something yeah. like that. That's it. Mm-hmm. But what if they immediately showed you how to do it? 
I feel like that'd be a great first date. Yeah, because I like knowing things. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Knowing things really turns me on. That's it. There we go. So investigators are working hard trying to pin this on Steven. They're analyzing hundreds of hours of CCTV footage, cell phone data. Finally, they find a receipt and security footage from Staples where Steven bought a box. My parents were just at that Staples last week. No. And they were very excited. Why were they at Staples? Why would anyone need to go to Staples? I don't know. I got to ask. Probably printer ink. That's the only thing I can think of. I don't know why they just didn't order it. Order it. Yeah, that's fine. The box matches the description of the box that one of the survivors saw Ildico opening at the before the bomb went off. It's the bomb box. And it kind of matches. They also see that Stephen went to an ATM. And a Cracker Jack investigator, who basically solved the whole case, remembers, hey, there's a CVS right by that ATM where he was getting cash out. So they check the security footage for that CVS, which happens to be the same CVS that my parents were also just at. No. Yes. They were very excited. They check the security footage of that CVS and they find Steven buying a nine volt battery with cash. So they never would have found it without that amazing investigative worker who was like, CVS, battery. They also go digging into his relationship with Ildico, and apparently it wasn't as friendly as he made it sound. He was very, very jealous. Holly and Ildico were out one night, and he was calling her phone repeatedly, very jealous. He thought she was cheating. He eventually shows up at the restaurant and is just standing outside like a total creeper. Mm -mm. So a couple months after the explosion, he and Valerie do this photo shoot. Like It looked like a pregnancy announcement. They are cuddling on a picnic blanket outside and he has one nail painted blue and the others are painted pink which also made me think it was a pregnancy announcement but it's not and it maybe was like an engagement photo shoot because he wrote a love letter to Valerie and proposed to her and she said yes now she had already moved in with him at this point And she had searched his house from top to bottom looking for bombs, I guess. And she didn't find any. So she feels good about the relationship. I mean, I think she was just, she didn't say bombs. I think she was just looking for stuff. Suspicious stuff. Suspicious stuff, which I feel like is smart. It's Mm -hmm. This is one really smart thing that she does. I'm going to give her this. That was good. Yeah, for sure. Now, I try not to judge relationships for moving too fast. This was only a couple months into the relationship like six that weeks. they got engaged. Yeah. But my parents got engaged on their second date, and they're about to be married for 50 years this year. Wow. But neither of them was a suspect in a murder investigation. So I think that should temper the speed a little bit, in my opinion, but not for Valerie. And it doesn't seem suspicious to you, Valerie, that you know, I'm sure at this point he's told you everything about his hobbying. So you mm-hmm. know that he likes to make fireworks and rockets with his kids when they were young or whatever. And that this person died by a bomb. Unless you're being framed, that is such a huge coincidence. It's not a common hobby. No. It's not a common hobby to have and also know someone extremely close to you who is exploded. What is the paperwork on the business exactly? 
I think they started it together. I think they own it half and half. He would probably get the whole thing if she died, but she is the esthetician that people are coming to see. But what is the insurance policy on the building? On the Yeah, great. On the business. Great point. Yeah. So even Steven's daughter says, yeah, I would have pieced out if a guy I was dating for a month was a murder suspect. Mm-hmm. But Valerie didn't. I think she's really good for my dad. So he gives her a ring when he proposes, and she shows it to Mank, and it's a little over a carat. I don't know why we needed to know that. I don't either. Also, keep Mickey away from that ring, because Joey needed it. Something's up. One day, the FBI shows up at Valerie's work, and they take her to a park, and they say, leave your electronics in the car. They show her photos of the explosion and of Stephen buying boxes. They show her what they have. They want her to be a cooperating witness. Mank says, you might call that an informant. So she wants to help find the bomber, even if it's Stephen. And they were going on this romantic trip, which is called a wine hike. A Malibu wine hike. Nothing goes better than climbing on cliffs and crags and slippery rocks than alcohol. Explain it. I don't understand. No, can you explain? I need you to tell me what it is. I have no idea. I guess you sip wine and hike, which says why I don't get it. It sounds like a dateline waiting to happen. It sounds horrendous. Also, like a warm drink, a warm, not chilled wine. Maybe you carry a cooler with you and it's like iced. No, that's gross. It doesn't quench your thirst at all. So my only thought is that this Malibu wine hike is that you're hiking to the wine. So you do mm. this big hike, you get to the top, mm. you're all sweaty and your electrolytes are depleted. Then you drink wine. <laughs> then you wine taste up at the top. And then what, you right. helicopter down? Because you're not walking down. No, you just want to take a nap after that. Is there an, is that what part of the wine hike where it's like you drink wine, you nap for an hour, and then you mosey down back down the hill? I don't get it. It sounds... All these drunk people coming down a hill? Terrible. It sounds just pandemonium accidents the the waivers that you have to sign to do this hike i better ironclad <laughs> yeah if you and fall if there off are, the like, mountain tour guides right they're like babysitters for the uh, sloppy drunks that are about to happen during wine tasting this is terrible unless these are like those really classy wine tasters where they just sip one thing and they spit it back out but you don't know that people are going to do that what no. if they're sneaky and they drink a bunch and then they exactly. have to walk down? this is Liability. Liability mountain. Someone please explain if you've done it. So Please don't do it. Don't do it. Don't pay to do this. The FBI said, oh, that's great. You're going on this drunk, slippery wine hike. And we'll pay for the hotel so that we can bug the room and put cameras and stuff. So the hotel's at the top. That's what's happening. You're hiking up to where the wine is. There's a resort up there that you're spending the night. And then the next day, you're putting back on your hiking gear and coming back down the mountain. It's a hike up. You stay. It's nice. The next day, hungover, you go back down. How do you get your luggage to the hotel if it's at the top? Are there porters? Are there donkeys? There might be horrible, horribly paid porters that have to lug people's luggage up to the top. Helicopter. There I needs got to be a gondola. A gondola needs to be involved, but there are no gondolas no, yeah, that I am aware thing? of in Malibu. A ski chair. A ski. Yeah, there ski aren't that, those in Malibu, but that would be a great idea. A secret elevator inside the mountain. I'm going to go on one. I'm going to look into it. I don't drink. Can I make it a Coke Zero hike? Yeah. Okay. I don't think you should do this, though. It sounds dangerous. 
I know. But I'm just so curious. I am curious, yeah. So she says, okay, you'll pay for our room. You'll bug the room. I And it's, she said it's very stressful. And they give her a microphone necklace to wear the whole time. And it is huge and gaudy, like nothing you would ever wear on a hike. And she has to wear it the whole weekend. Under no circumstances does it not look like you're wired with that. It looks like you're wired or you're wearing like a medallion that is going to save the universe from when the hellscape opens on Buffy. They've also decided to make it blue. So it looks like it could be turquoise. Yeah. It's definitely not. So then you've just put a blue piece of plastic in it. Just make it black. Don't try to make it look like a stone because a fake stone. She's going on a Malibu wine hike. Don't wear fake turquoise. Going up the mountain. <laughs> also, you put this heavy thing on her. Put it in it her looks hat heavy. or something. What have you done? This is or a brooch where it's pinned to her, like the necklace. That's gonna give her neck problems. She's hiking up. That's horrible. This She's sweating, bizarre. and the sweat goes in the microphone and makes the sound all bad. And I'm sure it's clanking as you're walking because yeah. it's long. It's a pendant. Yeah, so it's not even a choker. Something small. It's gugglong gugglong. Yeah. Can't you put it in a scrunchie or something? I don't know. <laughs> So Mank asked the FBI guys, he's like, did you have a nice weekend? <laughs> and they go, no, not really. We got nothing. Okay, what everybody is thinking here is that they bugged a hotel room and they're going on this resort weekend. Right, Everybody's so thinking the same thing. That's why Mank asked them if it was an okay weekend because they might have to be listening to people doing it. And totally. she's going away. Mank even says, you're supposed to be going away with your guy for this nice weekend. We all know what you're saying, Mank. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to be doing the deed. And then Wait. I don't know what she's going to do because you've paid for this Malibu wine hike. And then also, how are you not going to pay for the hotel room? How is he going to be like, it's comped. That's weird. Why is it comped? No, I guess maybe they give her a credit card to pay for it. And she does it and says, I took care of the bill. Let's ask. You're just an aspiring actor, out of work executive consultant, and you haven't sold your screenplay or your magic show yet. So I'll treat for the hotel room. How much is disability? Not enough to pay for a wine hike in Malibu in a nice hotel. Definitely not. So... The operation is a bust. She says she tries to get him to confess or to say something, even though she doesn't think it was him. But she tries, and he doesn't say anything. I really want to hear these tapes. Really, really, really bad. So awkward. Maybe he saw that necklace and was like, she's wearing a wire. (laughs) I think I know what happened, but I don't know. We'll get there. All right. Oh, I'm curious. So then for some reason at this point, they show us his acting reel which was recorded in the 80s, I guess, because it is such bad quality. It looks like a VHS tape. He says, I believe you have to have a life outside being an actor, (laughs) which it's so easy to have a life outside being an actor if you've never booked a job. Your whole life is outside being an actor. His YouTube channel we see has eight subscribers. Oh my God, was that shade? Eight subscribers. FBI says he spent more money on classes then he actually made being an actor. Was that shade yep. too? This whole thing is shade. And Mank says, welcome to showbiz. He's not wrong. But then he books a play called 12 Angry Jurors, which how is it such an obvious ripoff of 12 Angry Men? How can they do that? Oh, no, I think they've changed the title because they put women in the cast. 
<laughs> so they, it's just jurors. Okay. It's the same play. It's, it's the same play. play. Yeah. I should check. I saw a few pieces of dialogue. I've only seen the movie a couple times. I didn't recognize any of the lines of dialogue, but it could be the same play. They do show us the play, part of it. Is that what you mean yes. by you saw the di- Yes. Was that shade that Dateline is showing them messing up one of his lines? 1,000%. Okay, great. Also, all the actors are at a jury table, and several of the actors have their backs to the audience, Mm -hmm. and the audience is not in the round. So they're just seeing the backs of people, because there's no cheating out of the chairs. I'm sure the blocking changes throughout. I wonder how many people did an accent. I have a Mm -hmm. lot of questions. I really... You've been in an Orange County play. Yeah. Community theater production. Yeah. Was this that theater? (laughs) No, I don't think so. Did you look it up? Because it's not that many years old. I didn't look it up. Can I I don't want to know. I'm looking it up. I don't want to know. Also, I just saw a child's play, Finding Nemo, with a bunch of K through sixth grade. Now, the acting in this play- It was better than this. It was better than this, wasn't it? I will say that they missed some stars in this. Because at one point, the sharks all come out. I've never seen Finding Nemo, so I had no idea what was going on the whole time. (laughs) Because it's not linear in the way they're doing. They're basically just doing songs. Okay. And I didn't know what was happening. Yeah. I kind of knew who Dory was because yeah. I, I knew about that character. Yeah. I had a hard time following it. Regardless, <laughs> the sharks, I think, are not good. And the sharks no, are trying not to eat something. Yeah. There's a fish. shark that's trying to be good and be a vegetarian, yeah. basically. That um, shark, that head shark was good. great. But yeah. they have a bunch of sharks in the background. They're supposed to be tough so they yeah. had bandanas wrapped around <laughs> their arms that kept falling off. Everyone's <laughs> fell off the whole time. Anytime they moved, they weren't tied tight enough. And there were a few kids in the background that were doing like tough poses. They were stars. And then they'd sort of forget to do it and then remember and start it again. <laughs> I could have watched that for an hour. Just an hour of those kids. Just the sharks. Oh my God. There was like... 12 of them on stage. It was great. That's amazing. My favorite thing. Oh, my God. It's like West Side Story, but with sharks. Stars. This was the opposite of that. This was not that. Um, Stephen Stephen plays the jury foreperson, which I appreciated. He's like the lead with crazy swoopy hair. And it's a murder trial. And they're talking about putting a man in the electric chair. He messes up his line. He says, now, remember, if we don't... Remember, if we don't get this right, <laughs> and I don't know, I did go to, we both went to acting school, and I know that you just keep going if you mess up. You don't, you definitely yeah. should not start your line over. <laughs> you could, maybe. You I don't know. what it's, I saw. It's, it's just really bad. It's all unnatural. Every actor on stage looks so unnatural. These other poor actors, they did not want this. What year was this? Dateline. 2018? Because um, Dateline's filming it. And the FBI is also there. I guess the theater sold out because there's Dateline buying tickets and the FBI buying tickets. I have to know if Josh is in the audience. It's my first question for him. Were you in the audience? Did Dateline and FBI go undercover or did the cast know that Dateline and FBI were there? Like, did they, Is that why he was messing up his line? Did they know that that was Dateline's camera that was filming? Because that would make me nervous. So... They wanted to see his disability claim because, remember, he was an executive consultant, but had gone on disability because he had aphasia, which is difficulty communicating, reading, remembering things. I want to say it's what Bruce Willis has. 
and it's like very severe. Now, Stephen is acting in a play, so he's clearly able to read and learn lines in a long play. A lot where of there's lines. lots of talking. Yeah. Okay. His dad, his daughter is on Dateline and says, I think it, the play was a poignant choice. Your dad is not just a bomber. He's committing disability fraud when there are actually people out there who need it. That's what's happening here. Pretty bad. Yeah. So they arrest Stephen. This time it is the charges for the bombing. Not, and they say, not the, this time it was the charges and not the vacation that received an upgrade because they did that nice hotel room. Got it. It's for the bomb and the murder. And it's very important to mention because the, I think this gets forgotten and Dateline did do a good job of pointing it out. There were two other victims in this bombing that had injuries that they had been dealing with, medical procedures, surgeries maybe, pain, suffering, all oh, yeah. of that. These two innocent women. Mm. So he's in jail with no bond and Valerie stays with him. She is loyal to the end. Now, at this point, we are going to break and say, stay tuned for part two. We are covering the trial. We are covering a ton of insane outside information. Mm -hmm. And we have the one, the only, the Mankiewicz. Performing a monologue from 12 Angry Jurors. <laughs> I'm scared. Should we have him prep it? That would be amazing. Oh We're going to be doing a scene yes. from 12 Angry Jurors. <laughs> gonna be great yay <laughs> be sure to join us for part two don't miss it we're talking b-roll fashion police alternative titles tweets we're doing all of it there's so much so much left thank you oh, everybody boy. thank you bye, bye. There's also a, a couple here who they met here. They were both widowers mm -hmm. and or widow and widower. And she lives in the units, like the condos, and he lives in a cottage. They fell in love. They got married like six months ago. They are keeping their separate places because she thinks she says one of her rooms in the condo is like a closet and she's not giving that up to move to the cottage because there's not as much closet space here. Yeah, that tracks. So they share a dog and they hang out, but they also have their separate spaces. And I was like, this is the most ideal relationship I've ever heard of. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. It sounds like you've just eliminated a lot of fighting. Mm-hmm. And he's a retired three-star general. And oh my apparently real military record, not faked military record like we often see on daily. Let's hope so. Yeah. Let's really hope. That is, that's exciting. But they're both widows, so you know I'm thinking, where what happened to the spouses? Dateline, right? Yeah, and Bob keeps saying, "So there's hope for me," because wow, he's looking to add to his roster of ladies. Oh boy! You could maybe say, "Oh, I'm an executive consultant," and then just be really vague and start looking at your phone and like start answering yeah. emails. Yeah, I'm sorry, I gotta take this fake a phone call. Right. Oh, hello, Kimberly, executive consulting. <laughs> Thank you for calling. <laughs> what do you need executive consulting on? Yeah, sure. I can executive consult the crap out of that. Sure. I'm just getting my hair done, though. That's good. <laughs> it's good. It's intimidating. Yeah. It's good. So he is on disability now. Like you can't wear your Gryffindor sweatpants if you're doing No, that. I can't. <laughs>
You have to be an almost slightly business casual. Yeah, yeah. And I can't wear my A Day with Dateline shirts, which is, they're basically all I wear. You can if you're wearing a blazer over the top, but you'll be sweating. It will not be a pleasant hair appointment. Yeah. 